AFL Obsessed. Happy July! We've somehow made it here and it's been quite the first half of the year. The footy season has evolved so much too during that time and every few days I feel like we have to adapt to a changing normal. It's been a bit dizzying trying to keep up with all of the details lately. So I talked in the last episode about COVID cases here in the States and how that will inform our sports seasons going forward. At the same time in Australia, COVID cases have been rising in Victoria where it seemed to have almost completely disappeared, but then started to double during part of last week. And a couple of other Australian states have responded by locking down their borders. So both South Australia and Queensland have strengthened their restrictions on Victorians and any returning residents entering their states which then forced the AFL to revise the fixture for this weekend and the rounds going forward. So modifications had to be made and the updates have been released. The AFL is hoping to announce a fixture for round six as they continue to work closely with state health authorities. And this definitely puts elements of the season in question since there are still 118 games remaining. There's been a lot of discussion about saving the season by potentially hubbing all 10 Victorian teams outside of the state. And there are a range of contingency plans in place, but it will be interesting to see what happens in the next few days and what decisions will be made. With all states and territories being considered options as locations for a hub, and Western Australia, the Northern Territory, South Australia, and Queensland are all allowing limited crowds to sporting events. And CEO Gil McLaughlin has said the fixture may be revisited daily. But how are you all feeling about the daily changes? And 2020 so far as a season and otherwise. I love knowing your thoughts. My email is aflfootyobsessed at gmail and aflobsessed on Twitter if you'd like to share. So there were three remaining games from last weekend that I didn't address because I hadn't seen them yet. For the Lions versus Crows game, which was on FS2 here, the first quarter started slow, but the Lions picked up the pace driving into the second and third quarters and creating a big gap for the Crows to try and close. And Tex kind of inspired Adelaide to fight back in the second half of the game and narrowed that gap, but the Lions bounced back in the final quarter. And Hipwood, Lockie Neal, McCluggage, and Charlie Cameron were standouts in the game for the Lions, and Walker, Crouch, and Smith for Adelaide. And Charlie Cameron took a beautiful hanger on Riley O'Brien in the last quarter that's surely up for mark of the year. If you guys haven't seen that, definitely go back and watch the highlights and replays. But ultimately, the Lions won by 37 points, which means the Crows are still on the bottom of the ladder. But honestly, you can only go up from here. So round five will be interesting when they play the also winless Frio. I mean, someone's going to walk away a winner from that game. And for the second game, the Demons versus the Cats, which was definitely not as great of a game. Melbourne was dominant for most of the second quarter, but both teams went into halftime with only two goals apiece. (laughs) Two goals apiece. So not great. Geelong had three goals in the third quarter, but the D's caught up and closed the difference. But ultimately, the Cats were able to hang on with a three-point win. 
And the game was hardly an exciting one to watch, but Guthrie, Dangerfield, and Selwood for Geelong were standouts, and Oliver, Viney, Petraka, Gone, and Brayshaw were all standouts for the Ds. And after these two games, both premiership coaches, Alistair Clarkson and Chris Scott, came out and talked about what is happening with footy now and how the game is quote-unquote in a dreadful space and how it's become a terrible spectacle basically and how we really need to open up the game but we'll talk more about this later. And finally the Hawks versus Kangaroos which was on FS1 here. The Hawks were pretty dominant for three quarters of the game and held the Roos scoreless in the third quarter, but North made a comeback and would have had a thrilling finish when in the last 30 seconds there was so much action and kind of unluckily Taylor got to kick to tie up the game, but it hit the post and then Jai Simpkin got the ball back and he had the last kick of the game. It came right down to the wire. So North would either win by one or end up losing by four. And it was hard fought in the last quarter, but North ultimately lost. So my standouts for this game, Chad Wingard, Mitchell and McAvoy for the Hawks, and then Sean Higgins, Goldstein for the Roos. <laughs> but what did you guys think about the games? And what do you think could help open it up and free the Sharon, as Jared Healy put it? How do we fix our boring game? But really, there's so much to go over about the round overall beyond the on-field performances. So let's move on to my breakdowns of the rounds, pure class, hard pass, and just trash. So for Pure Class this week, it's my top three of everything that was outstanding about the round. And on top of the footy discussion, you know I love to celebrate all of the milestones in the game. So number one, congrats to all the athletes who've hit a game milestone. I'm especially sad for them because they just don't get to celebrate it all out with their fans and the members too. But Josh Kennedy played his 250th game, and sadly his grandfather passed away before he could see this monumental achievement, but mad props to Josh Kennedy for reaching that summit. And I know I talked about him in the episode before, but it's a pretty big deal. And number two, I know the Ozkick competition has been canceled due to COVID. It's one of my favorite things throughout the season, but there was a little kid in the Giants versus Pies game who will absolutely be a future player. I'm just sorry I didn't catch his name during the broadcast, but he had a kick to kick with Hamish McLaughlin during halftime and he was on point the entire time. And number three, I have to shout out the technology here with regards to broadcasting and commentators because I don't think they are getting enough credit. It's been a really challenging season, and I know there's been a lot of griping about the filming and presentation of the game, but half the time the commentators are in different cities and they're still calling a game like they're in the same room. Obviously, there will be hiccups with timing, but overall, they're just doing a great job keeping it as seamless as possible. And now on to hard pass, because there are some things that we can bypass from the round or leave behind. Whether or not that's just my wishful thinking, but I have two things for hard pass. One, as I said, there's been discussion about how game style overall is boring and needs to be opened up. And I feel like this is a recurring discussion that has been happening year after year because they've been saying that as long as I've been watching. 
but I've really thought about it. And while I agree that some aspects need to change, I think the coaches criticizing the gameplay kind of damages the brand at a time when we're really trying to market the game and keep it going. For senior figures to be talking it down, I'm just going to hard pass there. (laughs) My voice is trying to hard pass. Sidebar here. My personal theory about why the game is so low scoring is I think we've all undervalued and underappreciated how much having a full crowd really makes a difference in game performance because there's no one screaming ball. There is virtually no pressure on the umps to pay holding, which would really clear out some of the congestion and just get the ball moving to enable scoring. And it would help players, I feel, just to be more motivated and inspired throughout the quarters instead of feeling like just another full-time scratch match for them on the grounds because they're not hearing the layered crowd noises and whatnot. So that's just my little hypothesis there. And number two for hard pass, sorry to dump on the umps, but I definitely feel like the applied favoritism towards certain players and the opposite for others is glaringly apparent. Yes, we all know players absolutely stage and will play for free kicks, but Toby Green, as an example, I mean, he is completely umped by a different set of rules. If you just watch the differences that he makes in a game, but how it's adjudicated on his behalf and what happens when he's out on the field and he does absolutely legal things, but he doesn't get anything paid in his favor. So that's something I'm a little disappointed about. Um, I'm looking at all of you umps on the field and a hard pass to that. As for just trash, which is anything that just belongs in the bin and we never have to address it again, Two things. One, Jeremy Howe's injury, which I know we've talked about, and I don't wish that on any player, as I've said, but as much talk as we have about the game not being as entertaining, he is entertaining. I mean, Jeremy Howe's trademark is just taking those high marks, and the game just needs more players like him. So all the health vibes to him, but for this weekend and beyond, I mean, it's going to be really hard to not see him for months and just have that element because I really feel like it'll be missing from their side. And number two, just any players continuing to breach COVID restrictions. I mean, we just want to keep the game alive for all those that are employed in the footy industry and also for us fans. I mean, we just need this game to keep going. But what are your pure class hard pass and just trash picks for the round? I'm really curious. My email is aflfootyobsessed at gmail and aflobsessed on Twitter if you'd like to share. And now on to projections for round five. So the first game will have happened by the time I release this. So hopefully again, I was right. I do have to record just a little in advance due to scheduling. So sorry that that doesn't always make it during the week, (laughs) but seven out of nine games will be broadcast here in the US, which is another big win. I feel like it keeps going up every week. So for the first Blues versus Saints game, that should be a really good kickoff. I'm going to side with the Saints. For Pies versus Bombers, which should be interesting, I'm going to up the Dons here again. And Eagles versus Swans should be another interesting game. I'm going to go with the Swans there. For the Cats versus the Suns, that will be a very interesting game. But again, I think the Suns will end up shining. But I know that the Cats are going to put up a fight. And with Bulldogs versus Kangaroos, Another great matchup. I'm leaning toward the doggies there. 
So Lions versus Power. Ooh, another exciting matchup. I feel like there's so many great games this weekend. I feel like Power is slightly above, so I'm going to have to side with them. Crows versus Dockers. Ooh, no one wants to be the ultimate loser. Um, I am backing Frio here, even though Fife is out. So, you know, that will be an interesting fight. And Demons versus Tigers. Come on, Tigers. I'm putting my faith in you to get it together. <laughs> and I hope this is the game. And finally, Giants versus the Hawks. Hawks will hopefully and with a more entertaining game is kind of what I foresee. So we'll have to see if I got any of that right. And I love knowing your predictions too. And I'll be joining you all on Twitter again in a few hours. But just like every week, I've got to go work on my super coach team. And I'll meet you on the other side of the screen in a few. So that's it for me. Thanks for hanging, everyone. I'd love you forever if you'd leave a rating on iTunes or whichever platform you're using to listen. And if you'd send the pod along to a friend you think might like it too. But stay safe and healthy, everyone. Check on your friends and neighbors. We'll get through this like we have with footy. I'm virtually hugging you and we'll talk footy soon. Bye.